It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 10th, 2020. My name is Philip Austin-Mike. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we have dates. We have information. We know exactly what the rules are going to be for the 2021 season, at least for the offseason before the 2021 season. We'll go over all of those and what they mean for the Orlando Magic as they enter this critical offseason period. We'll also talk a little bit about the Magic's City Edition uniforms. The orange is back, but with a new twist. Ah, get that? Okay, I I tried. Um, We'll talk about the Magic City Edition uniforms as they release their new unis and tease perhaps another one coming down the line. We'll finish the show off today talking about an interesting prospect coming up in the draft, Stanford point guard Tyrell Terry. Which reminds me, if you're not already planning to do so, do so now. Mark your calendars right now. Beginning Wednesday on the Locked On NBA podcast is our annual Locked On NBA mock draft. I sit here and tell you that no matter what team you want to hear about, you can find a Locked On NBA podcast covering that team. There are 30 of us, more than 30 of us, Doing covering our NBA teams, we're the experts that know our teams best. So every year we come together and we hold a mock draft with trades, with everything else. I'll explain my uh, what I did and, and, and what I was successful and unsuccessful in doing when the Magic come up on, I believe it's Friday? Uh, yeah, Friday. When the Magic come up on Friday, so I'll talk a little bit more in detail about my pick when we get there. But starting on Wednesday on Locked on NBA... Get your draft crash course with the Locked On NBA Mock Draft. We have not just the Locked On NBA hosts picking for their teams. We have Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated breaking down all the prospects. We have John Hollinger of the Duncan and of the Hollinger and Duncan NBA Show breaking down all the fake trades and armchair general managing that we do as Locked On hosts. And you have uh, Josh Lloyd, uh, Brad Rowland, and Brendan Clean doing all the work breaking down and hosting this Locked On NBA Draft. Brad Rowland, of course, of Locked On Hawks and Brandon Clean of Locked On Suns. Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. There is a lot. These are fantastic episodes. This was my one of my favorite projects and favorite exercises we do every single year. So be sure starting Wednesday, you're probably listening to this on Wednesday because I'm recording way too late on Tuesday. Um, starting Wednesday, the Locked On NBA Mock Draft on the Locked On NBA Podcast. Download wherever you download podcasts today. Just search for Locked On NBA. We'll have a lot more to say about that in the coming days as the Magic are, I believe, we're slated to pick on on Friday. Maybe it'll be sooner. You'll have to listen. You'll have to see. We'll talk about that coming up, though, later on in the week. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. But let's get to the big news. I have delayed it enough, and I should have probably recorded this episode much earlier, but we'll talk about it now. The 2021 NBA season finally has a start date. The NBA officially announced that December 22nd, 
will be the beginning of the 2021 NBA season, just a mere six weeks from now. Um, it's been only a month since the NBA season ended on October 11th inside the Disney campus. Hard to believe. It feels much longer than that. Um, but we are now, you know, a, essentially a 10-week, a two-and-a-half-month break before the next season for the teams that went to the finals. Magic given off since since August. So they've, they've gotten essentially a, a full offseason. Off season. But it'll be a 72-game season beginning December 22nd. The NBA set the salary cap for the 2021 season at $109.1 million, rough, roughly roughly flat, roughly the same amount um, that, that they had last season. The luxury tax level set at $132.6 million. Magic not really in danger of going over that unless they really spend a lot of money or, or take on a lot of money, which, which would be difficult to do because they're essentially right at the salary cap as things stand. Free agency will begin on November 20th at 6 p.m. That's when teams, that's when teams and players can begin negotiating if they haven't already. Uh, And then, of course, signings can begin just after noon on November 22nd, Monday, November 22nd. So free agency is pretty much going to be done before Thanksgiving or on Thanksgiving. Free agency just cannot seem to give us a holiday, for crying out loud. First they take our July 4th, now they're taking our Thanksgiving. Whatever. Um, The the NBA draft, of course, is November 18th, and it appears, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of of, uh, ESPN, that the transaction window will open on November 16th, and many of the team and player options that will be that that are out there that, that are likely to be picked up will be on November 16th as well. So just a week a week from Monday. So Monday we'll know a lot more about what position the Magic are in. We'll know a lot more about Evan Fournier who just came back into town. He's taking some Instagram photos uh, inside the, the Magic's practice facility. So he is back in town and and, and getting getting back to it. Um, uh, obviously a lot, a lot for him to do, but he, he went back home to France and and did his did had his off season there. Um, Obviously, a lot still to parse through and a lot still to figure out. This is this is going to be a really condensed offseason. It looks like training camps are going to begin on December 1st. Um, and so it's going to be a lot. It's going to be like a rush to get to the beginning of the season. Um, there's just there's just no way around this. It is going to be a rush to get everything done. The draft is, it, it, you know, everyone that, that's talked about it already said, this is going to be an extremely difficult year for rookies. So, you know, your Chuma Okiki, whoever the Magic take in the draft, it is going to be a tough year for them. They do not have the opportunity to really acclimate themselves. They don't have a summer league. It's not even clear if the G League is going to play this year. Um, so there is a lot to get to and a lot to get done over the next six weeks as as the league prepares to, to open back up shop. But the good news for all the players, the good news for everyone, is there is now a finish line. That's 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 really how I, how I describe it. I mean, I think one of the things that most of the players have said has been the most difficult part about preparing for this season, as it was preparing for the for the return to play, was not knowing when the end date was, not knowing how to pace themselves through the offseason, when to ramp back up uh, and get ready for a, a regular season. That's frankly going to be very, very grueling. I've already seen uh, some people say that that this, this regular season is going to be more difficult than the bubble physically. It'll be like the bubble times five or six is what I think I saw one one report suggest about this. So it's it's going to be a grueling season. It's going to be a difficult season for these players uh, to just to get this all done. And, and of course, the NBA is hoping to have the the whole regular the whole season done, including the finals, before the Olympics in 2021. Which I'm not going to lie, I am personally not optimistic we'll have the Olympics in 2021. But um, but we'll, we'll but right now the plan is to to host the Olympics again. The, the, if, if I'm if I'm the Olympics, I'm, I'm telling the U.S. If if you don't have this under control, you're, you're not coming. So that, that's neither here nor there. That's 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 a debate for another day. Um, but the NBA is gung ho about getting this thing done and, and moving full steam toward the beginning of the season. So obviously, 
and, uh, you know, tr- the, the transaction window starts next week. Free, uh, the draft is next Wednesday. We'll have more to say about the draft on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. Uh, and then training camp will open December 1st, so just two weeks after that. Uh, the regular season begins December 22nd, so again, another two weeks after that. It, it's it's going to be a very condensed timeline. So what does this mean? What does this mean for the Orlando Magic? I, I came into this offseason thinking that this was going to be this was going to be a a season or an off season of a lot of change, uh, and really around the league. I felt like this was going to be a pretty active trade market around the league. There weren't a lot of free agents available. Not a lot of teams had money, and so the only way for a lot of teams around the league to make moves and, and to shake up their rosters is to make trades. And so I really thought that this was going to be a very active off season. I hate to say it, I, I am coming one eighty on that. Um, I think that the condensed nature of this offseason, the condensed nature of of the league's calendar right now, it's going to force teams to be a little more conservative. I, I am just not convinced anymore that teams are going to be that active. Um, I think teams are going to end up being a little bit more on the conservative side. And frankly, uh, with the way the Magic are positioned right now, I would think that they might end up being a little bit more on the conservative side. And certainly the way Steve Clifford talked about some things at, at, a, at a charity event uh, yesterday or on Monday that it, it seemed to suggest that he, you know, he's sort of planning to run with the same guys that he had um, that he had last season. Um, you know, again, who who really knows what 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 the plan is or what not what what it is? But the reality is, if you're a free agent or you're you're a player that's acquired in a trade, let's say you're acquired on draft night, November 18th, you then have two weeks, including Thanksgiving week, to move to your new town to get ready for training camp and integrate with new players. Uh, and frankly, um, if you're a team that's contending, if you're a team, you know, unless you're getting a like true superstar player that's that you know you don't have to do a lot to integrate, like they're, they're like they'll they'll get it. If you're if you're a team that is trying to fight for something real and trying to fight for a playoff spot, you know, disrupting chemistry that early and not having a full training camp to integrate that that player into the group, I think that could be really damaging. Um, and, and, you know, again, we've all sat here, we've all talked about the changes that, that we feel the Magic need to make, um, and, and certainly there is something to that. There there is something to that, and the Magic, you know, I don't think this necessarily changes the Magic's posture. I think that they. If a good deal comes along, if there's something that they feel improves their team and, and improves their team in the long term, and again, the big thing I've been banging my drum about is find a way to move this team closer to what you ultimately want it to be. Um, if that if that presents itself, you go for it. I, I don't think that necessarily changes in the equation. But you know, if you're looking at a lateral move or if you're looking at a move that seemingly uh, that, 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 that doesn't really move the needle significantly one way or the other, to be frank, do you really make that move? Do you really make that trade? Because um, honestly, I, I think the cost of adding a new player this late in the game or this close to the beginning of the season is a difficult one to overcome. And now, again, I fully admit that I'm typically more conservative when it comes to player transactions. I'm typically a little bit more conservative uh, when it comes to figuring out what the team needs to do or, 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 or making moves that significantly change the team. Um, I, I fully admit that, that you know, I kind of... You know, I, I said this on yesterday's episode. I come at this season from the posture of the Magic's main goal is to be back in the playoffs. And, and I don't see the Magic making any significant moves unless, again, it is a clear-cut home run move that they got to make. Uh, I don't see them making a significant move that clearly makes them worse, that, that jeopardizes their chances of making the playoffs. Again, unless it's a clear-cut home run move that, make, that, that fits a longer-term vision and they're willing to take a step back to get there. 
that's fine. I, again, that, that, I, that's something I support. Something that makes this team better in the long term, I ultimately support that. Um, but I do think the Magic approach the season as if they're trying to make the playoffs. And I think it would be very difficult to make the playoffs if you're if you're having to integrate an entirely new piece, um, an entirely new player that that uh, that you know doesn't necessarily move the needle significantly. Um, I, I would put it this way: you know, Steve Clifford was at an event on Monday. Um, where they, they opened a new court. They they along with Pepsi and Shaquille O'Neal um, opened a new basketball court at at Harbor House, which which you know helps families that are trying to escape abuse. Um, you know, Steve Clifford kind of talking about this upcoming season. He said, you know. We kind of treated the hiatus like our offseason, and we began making tweaks and and changing some coverages inside the bubble, and, and use that sort of as a training camp. Um, when we get to this training camp, when we get to the beginning of the 2021 season, he said, "We're not going to make significant changes. Um, you know, we kind of implemented those already. We're going to make small tweaks because we just don't have the time to do a whole lot else." And, and again, I think that is that. I, I think that kind of says it all right there. Now, Clifford. Says this repeatedly when it comes to guys who are injured. The way he coaches, the way he approaches each day is he's given a list of players that are available to him and he focuses on how he can work with the players that are available to him now. So the fact that Steve Clifford said, you know, we're, you know, we're going to look to make small tweaks to our offensive and defensive schemes. And again, before Jonathan Isaac's injury, the Magic played, the Magic blew out the Brooklyn Nets. They blew out the Sacramento Kings. They looked very, very, very good. So, uh, you know, I, I know you might be saying like, why would you, why would you want to build off the bubble? The bubble wasn't that great. Um, the injuries really hurt them in the bubble. Um, injuries really killed the Magic in the bubble, like significantly so. And, and again, I, I think oxygen sucked out of the room when Jonathan Isaac got hurt. But the Magic were rolling uh, in those two games before, before and then. And who knows what they would have done if. If Isaac had stayed, if Isaac had not gotten hurt and Gordon had not gotten hurt and all that, um, but Clifford here is, you know, I think Clifford's focus right now is the guys that he knows he has. He'll worry about any new additions because there will be changes. The Magic are not going to stand completely still. They're not going to bring back the the same roster. Um, they'll worry. He'll worry about additions and subtractions when they get there. We're not there yet. Um, so I, I I I do think though that this rush timeline is going to make a lot of teams more conservative and less willing to make trades and less willing to make changes than they otherwise would have. Um, I don't know what that will do to the trade deadline because I think the trade deadline might be a lot different. I mean, unless you're clearly trying to sell guys off and guys are and teams are clearly trying to buy, um, I, I don't know if there'll be a deal. And so the Magic are kind of in that in-between world where they're, they're good enough where they want. They have something to compete for and something to play for, but probably not good enough to to really compete for something real. And they're probably too good to be bad enough to completely sell off guys, which again, which is part of my posture this offseason. Um, but it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this timeline fits and what the Magic do with this timeline, and and frankly, what their priorities are. Like again, I'm sitting here assuming that the Magic's priorities are let's make the playoffs again. Um, if that's not their priority, then everything's up for grabs. Um, you know, again, we talked with Keith Smith last last week, um, and he kind of said, you know, the teams at the top and the bottom probably aren't going to change their behavior with the shortened offseason. The teams in the middle might a little bit. They might be a little bit more conservative, a little little more hesitant to give up their spot in line. And again, the Magic should enter the season uh, thinking they can make the playoffs. Uh, I think to say otherwise is, is, frankly, just being overly pessimistic. But that's where the schedule sits. That's where what we're looking forward to. Next week will be the beginning of the transaction period. So we will get into the nitty-gritty of stuff coming up here the rest of this week and into next week. But first, we'll do something a little bit of fun. It's okay to have a little bit of fun and talk about the Magic's new jerseys. The City Edition jerseys coming up here in just a moment. 
But first, let's talk a little bit about Built Go. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, I'm recording this at 4 o'clock in the afternoon here on Tuesday. I know a little bit late. It gets tiring. It, it's tough to get through that wall. The sun is creeping down. It's right in your eyes and just makes you want to go to sleep or shield your eyes or just not work because you're just, you're just, you're just trying to get through. You're trying to get to the end of the day, trying to get home uh, to, to do whatever it is you do when you're at home. So whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Built Go every day. They're easy to take, come in one and a half ounce packages. You can put them in your briefcase, your golf bag, or in your pocket for whenever you need it. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and much better results. Comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen proteins, which are fast-absorbing, so they get into your system fast, and they're easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite your work, like beta-alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine, plus plenty of other B vitamins to keep you going strong. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Orlando Magic have come out with their City Edition jerseys there. They're about keeping secrets, but they teased this one on Monday, shortly after actually I finished recording. Uh, I was able to get a quick post on that uh, and, and gave us a really interesting look at this orange jersey. Yeah, I mean, last year, you know, when the rumors came out about the orange jersey, I think a lot of us feared the worst. We feared that we would get some orange monstrosity, this brightly colored thing that didn't look anything like the Magic or was too cartoony or just just kind of a gimmicky thing. And and again, these City Edition jerseys are supposed to be fun. They're supposed to really mean something to the city. They're supposed to represent something about the city. You know, say what you want about the space jerseys, and 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 I think there is something to say about them. I, I do give the Magic credit for trying something a little bit different. Those space prints, those that first year were really interesting. Um, they they grew on me. I wouldn't say they were my favorite jerseys, but they did grow on me a little bit. Um, they were fine. I didn't hate them, uh, and certainly they became a little more understated in the second year. But I think this, I think these orange jerseys, this project to do these orange jerseys and integrate kind of this Orange County citrus industry thing, was really the main project the Magic wanted when these when the City Edition jersey came around. And, and I do appreciate that they took the time to make sure that they they got that first one right. Um, say again, say what you want about it. It could have been much worse. I actually think it turned out okay. Um, it was a more conservative look. I expected them actually to to flip the color scheme and make it orange with like anthracite or gray um, lettering and, and kind of use last year as, as to kind of prime us for what was down the road. But that's not what the Magic did. And honestly, like, you could go wrong a lot of ways with these jerseys. Um, orange is a bright color. It's not part of the Magic's typical color palette. Um, and so it is something very different. It is something risky. So again, I, I applaud the Magic and their marketing staff and Nike for, for trying something a little bit different. But honestly, 
what they did with the City Edition jersey for this coming season was really nice. I really like it. Um, you know, I won't say it's my favorite jersey. I, w- I wouldn't put it in the pantheon of great Magic jerseys, but I honestly think this is about as good as you could do with, with the color scheme that they had and, 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 and what they decided to do with it to kind of pay tribute to the, the jerseys that Magic fans absolutely love. The Orlando Magic City Edition jersey this year will be a white jersey with orange pinstripes and orange accents. The new ma- it's, it's, it's built off of the Magic's Association and Icon Edition jersey, so their white jersey, their typical white jersey that they wear. It is a pinstripe in that style. So the Magic are back in pinstripes, which everybody loves. Nobody, nobody in the Magic organization or no one associated with the Magic hates the pinstripe jerseys. But the Magic brought back the original ORL Orlando font. It just says ORL with a star, but it's back in that original font. The numbering is back in the original font. They're in orange, not blue or black. But it feels very much like a combination of the old Magic jersey we love, the new Magic jersey that people are okay with, with this orange idea that the Magic are trying to push. Look, if you like these orange jerseys, if you like these orange jersey ideas, um, you're going to love this jersey. I mean, this jersey is about the apex of what they're going to be able to do with these orange jerseys, to be frank. The only thing they could have done is just make it a straight orange colorway of the throwbacks. That would have probably been the better thing to do. I don't know if the NBA allows them to do that. The NBA has very kind of strictish rules about using throwback jerseys. The next time the Magic would be eligible to wear uh, their throwback jersey would be the 2025 season. Um, and, and again, we'll, we will see it then. But you're only you're only allowed to wear classic edition jerseys on anniversary seasons. Um, so so we won't see it again until the 35th anniversary season uh, coming up here uh, in a couple in a couple years. Um, but honestly, like I, I have no. I, I mean, I'm not a fashion expert. I have no complaints about this jersey. Seeing some of the other jerseys that came out uh, throughout the day as teams are beginning to release their City Edition jerseys for the upcoming year, um, they're not as good. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. The Magic did a good job with this jersey. I mean, again, with, with, with whatever you want to say about the color palette or whatever you want to say about the idea of playing in an orange jersey when your team colors are essentially blue and black, the Magic did a good job here. I, I do like these uniforms. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing them in person. Um, I, I do think that you can't uh, judge them until then. The Magic are likely using the same orange court that they used last year, so we'll have to see how they look on that court. I mean, the, the Magic essentially dumped the anthracite that, that's very heavy in their orange court. Um, but overall, I, I mean, I can't complain about these jerseys. Again, are they the original pinstripes? No. Are they the T-Mac era Stars jerseys? No. Um are they on par with the current, you know, current association and icon edition jerseys that the Magic wear? Eh, yeah, I would say they're on par with that. I mean, it's I wouldn't call it an improvement. You know, I'm I'm very much for simplicity. Um and and I think that's sort of what they're going for here. Is let, let's not make things too complex. Let's dig into our dig into our greatest hits uh, and try and create something of a Frankenstein that fits the the, the color scheming that we want. And, you know, again, they did fine. Um, you know, again, I, 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 am I going to buy this jersey? Mm, probably. I'll get a jersey or something. I don't know. Um, I, 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 the Magic did gift me a, a, a City Edition last year, so I do have a, a, an Anthracite City Edition jersey at home. Um, but it's, 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 it's a perfectly fine jersey, to be frank. Uh, I, I have, I have no, no complaint um, about what this jersey looks like, that the Magic will be wearing this jersey. Uh, again, when you're dealing with a color like orange— 
things can get out of hand really quickly. And so I do like that the Magic use it as an accent um, rather than as the primary color. Again, we might see that next year. Um, I wouldn't actually not so mind seeing an orange pinstripe jersey. I think that could be interesting, although probably a little bit too loud. Um, so again, they did a good job here combining what's old, the old things that people like, the new jersey that is the base for everything the Magic do, and this orange color scheme they want. If you want to see something interesting, though, a jersey that I think the Magic should make, Conrad Burry of sportslogos.net shared the opposite image. You know, colors, there's a color wheel. Colors have an opposite image. The opposite image is a black jersey with blue pinstripes and blue lettering, and it is really, really nice. So Magic, get, get on that. Get on that one, if you would. Um, the Magic, though, uh, say that this, the jersey will be available in early December to purchase at the Orlando Magic Team Shop as well as on OrlandoMagic.com. Uh, they also previewed and highlighted that Nike will be bringing back the earned edition jerseys this year. There were no earned edition jerseys last year. There were earned edition warm-ups. Um, so all the teams that made the playoffs got special warm-ups to signify that they made the playoffs. This year, this year, uh, according, this is according to the Magic's press release, the Magic will have an additional earned edition jersey since they made the playoffs. So we'll wait to see what those look like. Again, wouldn't mind another like callback to the amazing Magic throwback uniforms that everyone knows and loves. Let's talk a little bit about the draft to close up today's show. We'll talk about Tyrell Terry of Stanford coming up next. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's dive into another draft prospect. Talk a little bit about someone that's that's very interesting. I think on a lot of Magic fans' radar, he's he's been a name that's been, you know, at the bottom of the first round for a lot of the draft process, and has really risen as I think more people have watched him and gotten to know him and, and kind of studied his game a little bit more. Let's be real. Uh, you know, I think one thing that the Magic absolutely need to do or need to figure out how to do with their team is to modernize their offense. You know, I've I've certainly posited that. Nikola Vucevic um, is a bit more of a modern offensive player than people let on. He doesn't have the speed necessarily, but there's a lot of passing big men, and Vucevic is a very good passing big man. I wouldn't say he's elite at it, but he's one of the better passing big men in the league. But other than that, I mean, even there, the Magic's offense is not particularly modern. Um, they, they constantly say they're trying to play with more pace, and they certainly have a, a guard in Markel Fultz who can get downhill and get into the, ba- get into the paint. Um, but that's really only half the equation. Because let's be real, to be a modern offense, to be a successful offense in this NBA, to be in in this era of the NBA, you need to have three-point shooting. Versatility is great. Versatility is also key. It's also a big part of this equation. But you also need three-point shooting. And that's something that the Magic are desperately lacking. And frankly, you need three-point shooting off the dribble. You You need players that are a constant threat to score and shoot. You know, a lot of Magic fans talked a lot about Tyler Hero. What makes Tyler Hero so so interesting of a player is how he's able to score off cuts, off dribbles, a multifaceted, versatile score. That's what makes Terrence Ross so valuable to this team. Terrence Ross can score from anywhere, at any time. He can go off for big games. 
I, I personally, I would argue Evan Fournier is as good, if not better, than Buddy Heald. Age difference being probably the only thing really, really dragging things down there. But what makes Buddy Heald stand out to a lot of people and what probably does inch Buddy Heald ahead of Evan Fournier on that scale is Buddy Heald can go for 40. Evan Fournier is not going for 40. Evan Fournier is a consistent clip. He's, you know, in that 16 to 22, 23 range almost every night. You don't have to worry about him. Buddy Heald can get you that 40-point game. And yes, the Magic lack explosive scores. I mean, we've been waiting for Aaron Gordon to do that since he scored those two 40-point games uh, two years ago, no, two, three years ago now. Um, the Magic lack explosive scores. And again, this is probably why I still get tweets and emails every once in a while saying, if the Magic hadn't have, lo- hadn't have won that game against the Wizards in 2018, yes, everyone is looking for their Trey Young still. There is no Trey Young, there is no Stephen Curry in this draft, but there are certainly a few players influenced by their style. Smallish point guards who just have the ability to shoot from anywhere on the floor. And that's who Tyrell Terry of Stanford wants to be. I'm not going to sit here and tell you Tyrell, Ter- Tyrell Terry is Trey Young or Stephen Curry. He's not. He's not on their level. He's not the elite kind of shooter that they are. So, so don't get me wrong when I'm making this comparison. He is not at that level. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about getting him at the 15th pick. We wouldn't be talking about him at this level. We'd be talking about him much higher in the draft. But really separated Steph Curry and Trey Young was not just their ability, not just their elite shooting ability, which Terry is, again, not elite, but maybe a notch below it, but their playmaking and passing ability. And that's where Terry really struggles. Uh, he, he's still a growing point guard. He can make really nice passes. He wasn't try, He wasn't put on the ball. He wasn't the primary playmaker or creator for Stanford last year. And so he's shown the ability to make passes. And that's that's kind of the part that's the biggest mystery with Terry is just how much of a passer is he? Can he really run the show as a point guard? But regardless of any of that, what's going to get Tyrell Terry in this league is his three-point shooting. It's his ability to hit off the dribble, to hit in transition. It's his ability to be a threat enough of a score to get to the basket. And then when he gets to the basket, to finish with flair, to finish around defenders through contact. That's something that he does have that both Trey Young and Stephen Curry had. Because remember how skinny Trey Young, uh, Stephen Curry was in college. They could still finish at the basket extremely well. And to me, that's what makes Tyrell Terry more interesting. He is a not a good three-point shooter. He is a great three-point shooter. Shot better than 40% from beyond the arc. 40.8% from beyond the arc on 4.9 three-point attempts per game last year at Stanford. Posted a 53.5% effective field goal percentage. 14.6 points per game. 3.2 assists per game. Again, his usage rate was around 23%, so less than 25%. He's not. He wasn't the high-volume scorer that, that either Trey Young or Stephen Curry were in college. So again... That comparison is more to give you a sense of the kind of skill set that he has, but that's not the level that he's getting to. If Tyrell Terry becomes Seth Curry, which there, there's a lot, there, there is a comparison there, that is a, first off, a fine career and certainly something that he is capable of achieving, honestly, right off the bat. Um, Terry is a really, really good, again, a really, really good shooter. That's what's going to get him in the league. But it's how he shoots and how he scores that makes him more impressive. And it's that work ethic, it's that, it's that, it's that, that knowledge that's, that's kind of gotten him rising up draft boards. The thing that kind of holds him back right now is his weight. He, he, he's listed at 6'3", 160 pounds, not particularly long. 
Um, but according to according to reports, Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer did a big profile on him yesterday. Um, he is up to uh, he was up to 170 pounds for the combine in October, and he hopes to be at 175 by the start of the season. That's not insignificant. Um, but also O'Connor reporting that Terry is starting to dunk a lot more, that he's improved his athleticism and his strength. So it's not just he's put on weight; he's gained a lot more. He's picked up some strength and athleticism to finish at the rim even better. Terry is a kind of guy that the Magic should be looking at. Even though he doesn't fit maybe the physical profile that the Magic like, he is the kind of guy they should be chasing after because he has the one skill the Magic need. Let's hear from Chad Ford breaking down Tyrell Terry a little bit more. Uh, The point guard out of Stanford has put on a bunch of muscle. I mean, this is a common theme that you hear uh, every draft is that their trainer has buffed them up and they're 20 pounds, 30 pounds stronger than they were before. Why this matters for Terry is that his general lack of size and strength were two things that were really hurting him in the draft. Teams really wanted him to return to Stanford for his sophomore season. Terry determined to come out by all accounts has worked on his body and and his strength and you it's hard to deny the numbers that he put up as a shooter uh his free throw uh, ability and the just the fact that you know when you think about Terry's range and his ability to get his shot off anywhere um you're talking about a, a prospect that's going to be intriguing to NBA teams I He's all over the place. I didn't really even know where to place him on this board. He's a very strange pro- prospect and that some teams really see the potential there and are willing to like stretch in the lottery uh, for him. And some teams are really not convinced at all that Terry's going to be much of an NBA player. I think I kind of like him. Uh, I, I've got him at 17. I'll say that sort of splits the difference in a certain way, but you know, that's where I've got him. Chad Ford has Tyrell Terry as number 17 on his big board. That would put him right in the range that the Magic are picking. And I have to agree with Chad. I like him a lot too. I watched I watched some of his tape and, you know, again, the shooting is just obviously something the Magic desperately need. And, and you look at the kind of lineups the Magic have used. They like having, you know, Steve Clifford liked those two guard lineups. I think some of that was by necessity, but they only worked when there was shooting on the floor next to Markel Fultz or next to Michael Carter-Williams. Having that shooting is so vital. And just frankly, the Magic don't have shooters. Terrence Ross, Evan Fournier are the only two shooters on the team. No one's going to trust... No one's, Teams are going to dare Chumo Kiki to shoot. And, and, and the way you hear Matt Lloyd talk about Chumo Kiki, they, the Magic think he can be a shooter. You know, maybe not like a knockdown, like three-point specialist, but a solid three-point shooter. Um, Nikola Vucevic, you know, he is a good three-point shooter for a center, but he also takes a significant amount of open three-pointers. And you would think that he'd shoot a lot better at them uh, for the number of open three-pointers that he takes. And frankly, after the All-Star break, one of the things that the Magic did a lot better offensively was they had Vucevic taking fewer three-pointers, stepping in and taking shots that he's actually more efficient at, uh, and that helped the Magic's offense get boosted a lot more too. So take that for what you will. The Magic 100% need to be focused on shooting as a skill they need to add to this team, and Tyrell Terry certainly adds it. Now, defense, now defensively obviously his size is going to be a big factor um you know he he's not the most he, he can he can lock in defensively but he's never going to be a lockdown defender he can be a little inattentive off the ball 
Um, you see that a lot with young guys, though. Like Marco Fultz is very, can be very inattentive off the ball as well. Um, and, and and teams are going to be able to overpower him a little bit, even with the added muscle. Offensively, I think one area of weakness that he does have is he doesn't have the advanced moves. Um, he's very good at kind of dribble pull-ups, you know, two dribble pull-ups, um, creating space for his shot um, through through dribble moves, um, but he doesn't have like the step back and sidestep moves that you see elite shooters have, like, you know, Stephen Curry, James Harden. They have that sidestep, they have that step back move that, that no one can guard. Terry doesn't have that. Um, he's never been a guy that had the ball in his hands a, a significant amount of time. Um, and so those are some overarching concerns, but at 15, if you can get a guy that, again, at 15, if you're getting Seth Curry, uh, you know, a, play, a player that, that can already play at Seth Curry's level um, and help you off the bench, you've done a good job. Uh, and I think Terry can do that. I think Terry can certainly slide into this magic lineup, back up Marco Fultz, play alongside Marco Fultz, uh, and be a really effective offensive weapon. And again, Steve Clifford gets the most out of his guys defensively. As long as Terry is committed to playing defense, um, you know, uh, you know, everyone looks at Malik Monk maybe as, as a model of, of a shooter that, that didn't quite meet Clifford's eyes. It's because Monk really struggled defensively. He didn't grasp the defensive concepts that the, that the Hornets wanted that year. Um, if Terry if Terry's willing to work defensively, he will get rewarded for that work. Uh, and there's no indications that he isn't willing to work. You heard Chad Ford talk there about how a lot of NBA scouts wanted Terry to go back to school for another year, kind of prove himself, add that muscle, get another year of experience um, at the college level. And he might have ended up in this mid-first mid round anyway. But one thing that has become very, very clear, especially as you look at mock drafts and, and, and people who, who study the draft and know the draft really well um, have begun talking to him and analyzing him a little bit more, Terry took advantage of the extra five months. Terry did not just sit around um, and, and, and wait for the draft to happen. He made his name. He is climbing on draft boards. If people are talking about him more and more and more, not just because agents are putting that stuff out there, but because he has really seemingly put in the work to make himself better, to put himself in a better spot to be to be an NBA player. Uh, and, and it sounds like he, he actually made the right decision coming out. Um, he certainly took advantage of the extra five months that, that, the, that the hiatus that, that, that the, the virus gave him. So Tyrell Terry is certainly someone the Magic should be looking at at number 15, certainly a player that they should be very seriously considering picking and someone that if the Magic picked him, I would not be too upset. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore me. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be back again tomorrow to talk a little bit about trading up in the, in the NBA draft. I'll talk a little bit about what I tried to do in the Locked on NBA mock draft. Uh, which, of course, will start tomorrow. I'll preview that again here. Um, and talk a little bit about where I see the Magic potentially being able to trade up in the NBA draft. We'll talk about that on the next episode of Locked on Magic. Don't forget Wednesday to download the Locked on NBA po- podcast to get the beginnings of the Locked on NBA mock draft, see all the breakdown, get all the study on the draft, and what each individual team is thinking as they prepare for this NBA draft. But until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you again for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.